This podcast was brought to you by Zinc. Zinc is an all-in-one background and reference checking software that supercharges the capabilities of ambitious HR and hiring teams. Our range of integrated solutions turn bad to brilliant, saving weeks of team time all while building brand love. Thanks for listening. Welcome to Talent Hacks for Scale-Ups, the show for growing businesses moving at the speed of light. I'm your host, Sophie Power. Welcome back to Talent Hacks for Scale-Ups. I'm your host, Sophie Power. This month, I am absolutely delighted to welcome the lovely, the wonderful, the DEI guru that is Abby Adamson. Welcome. Um, and thank you so much for joining. Thank you. So lovely to be here. Thank you for the invitation. You know me. Oh, you are more than welcome. I'm very selective. And you, I would never turn down. <laughs> Sorry, oh, that is that is an honour. Thank you so much. And I'm, I'm really excited for this episode. I think we're going to have a lot of fun um and and hopefully you know hopefully folks listening will you know sort of learn some things some useful things and and you know have a good time uh while listening so for those for those folks who who for some reason may not know who you are um (laughs) would you mind uh telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you do well first and foremost how dare you not know who i am Where do you live? On Mars? <laughs> right? <laughs> no, no, no. Come on. Let my humility come back. So, um, my name is Abby Adamson. Um, I am a diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging consultant, work with different organisations, global organisations, helping them with, I think, I suppose my bread and butter or what I have become really well known for over the past few years is uh you know the workshops that I facilitate um and you know fireside chats um writing think pieces on LinkedIn that have gone viral a few times. Um very very kind everyone's been very kind. Um and yeah just talking about how we can build equitable workplaces, how we can retain good talent, how we can find good talent. Um, you know, what does belonging mean? How can we foster psychological safety in the workplace? How can we make sure our processes, our policies, our our practices are equitable? Um, And, you know, how can we make sure that we are always challenging the status quo so that everyone gets to eat a slice of the pie, you know, not just the same people over and over again. So that's what I pretty much harp on about day in and day out. Exactly. Pie is great. Everyone should have a bit, um, for sure. Uh, thinking with my stomach there, as ever. Um, yeah, thank you so much for that. And I I think what's going to be really interesting about this episode is that based on that introduction, I think people listening might expect us to talk about diversity in recruitment, diversity in HR, all of that good stuff. But we're actually going to take a slightly more holistic approach today for those listening and, uh, you know, kind of zoom out a little bit. And the topic or the the title of of today's podcast is Balance Out, Don't Burn Out. Now, the angle that I'm coming from, bear bear with me, dear listener, um, is that I think it's something that both of us can relate to from quite different perspectives. 
I think it's also a pain point that a lot of people working in HR, talent acquisition, people ops, general ops as well in scale up and startup businesses know well. And one of the things that I often tell my candidates, particularly those that are new to sort of tech startup scale up life, is that you will learn more in six months in a in a scale up than you will in 18 months in a large corporate. Um, that it's a lot of fun. And it's also a lot of hard work too. I literally had this conversation last week with somebody who's joining us in a couple of weeks. Um, and it's uh, sort of knowledge based on my own experience as well. Um, so, uh, and then from your perspective, Abby, sort of the way I see it uh, is that you're perhaps more, probably because, you know, I'm an employee and, and you're a business owner. So your experience may be more closely aligned with actual founders um, these days than sort of the HR practitioners. Um, but what you do is extremely important and very mission-driven work um, in your day-to-day life. Um, the work you do has an impact on, you know, other people's work, you know, how they fill in the workplace, their sense of belonging, empowering them. Um, and, you know, it's not an exaggeration, if you don't mind me saying, to say that the work you do does change lives. And and I think that's that's a wonderful thing. And I, I love to see it. I, I get so excited. And and as, as a friend as well, as a professional, so proud when I see some of the wonderful things you do. Um, so and, and, you know... I love, yeah I just love to see it uh, before before I get too gushy let's 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 carry on um when one is working in such a way uh on something that they're so passionate about it is easy to let the work become all-consuming and I think that is something that rings true when you're doing very mission-driven work when you're working a scale-up um to a certain extent also when you are working in kind of TA and HR as well um so first question to kick us off, and, and you know, I'm happy to, to sort of give my answer as well, but Abby, what do you do when you're working in such mission-driven, such kind of all-consuming and passionate work? What, how do you balance your energy between work and personal life? So I think it, that there are quite a few different factors um, to answer this question. I think when I first started as, as, as a consultant and I set up my business and I started working as a consultant for other organizations um I just all I wanted to do was put my back to pie put my fingers in every single pie you know I just thought I need to you know I I was out of a job for about eight months because of um the pandemic because I left a really horrible employer and then COVID just came around and boom that happened and so almost Mm -hmm. everyone it was really difficult to find a job during those months where we were in lockdown and people didn't know what was happening with with yeah with recruiting people into their organizations so I had eight months of no income not one pound hit my bank account so yes eight months um and you know when pretty much when when uh September of um 2020 came round I just remember thinking you know obviously I was writing a lot of think pieces on LinkedIn over that summer obviously that was the summer of George Floyd it was so much happened that summer I made my now infamous video of um being black in the being a black woman in the workplace and how that has hindered um you know my career and and the the all the uh challenges and the gauntlets that I had to you know had to go through so that happened that summer so by the time I did you know I I remember getting this this part-time job and I then as that job came in and I was an actual employee, 
all these other little freelance things were coming in, trickling in. And so I was just thinking, okay, great, money, finger. Okay, great, money, another finger. Okay, great, another finger. All these pies are going on. So I just thought for that, I just thought, look, I have to make up financially everything I've lost in pretty much the best part of a year. And that's all I cared about, to be honest. My <laughs> well-being was the last of my worries. I'm telling you this now. Um, <clears throat> well-being and looking after myself that 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 was just not on that that I, I had tunnel vision I had a goal yeah. and that's what I cared about my mental health my physical health all of that was was just not it wasn't there so you know I, survival, doesn't it? yeah so I just remember thinking well about a year a year into me just doing all of this or not even a year that's a lie about six months remember thinking God, I'm working about 12 14 hour days because I was working with a lot of clients in the states um and so of course with the time difference you know I was working you know starting at half seven and finishing at maybe 9 p.m you know 9 9 30 you know just really really long long days and the work that we do I think diversity and inclusion work in particular it's very I feel like it's very personal you take things personally more I would I would even debate more so than being in-house because you are we're talking about people's when we're talking and I'm talking about with well-being as well so we're talking about people's sense of psychological safety we're talking about people's sense of belonging in the workplace we're talking about how inclusive that workplace is for setting up setting them up for success we're talking about maybe sometimes walking into a meeting room and being the only other in that room yeah you know, and when I, the reason why I say we take it personally is because I'm thinking when things when you're when you've hired me as a consultant and things aren't balancing out, you start taking that personally. You're, you're you start thinking, well, you've asked me to help you with diversifying your leadership team. I've put in all of these processes in place. Why? And still, your leadership team is looking the same bland way it looks you know and um you start you know you start taking that away with you and you start thinking about it you start dreaming about it you start sitting at the dinner table with your family and thinking of different um ways to 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 make up a new strategy um and so for me it it took a long time to actually it was um April this year when I had a little bit of a meltdown on LinkedIn like some of you might remember um I had a little bit of a meltdown on LinkedIn where I was just like what what is this Abby what are you doing who are you doing this for you know um this is a thankless not that you do this do this job to be to be thanked but this is a thankless job you know um and you're working with CEOs MDs CMOs CFOs all the C's C E M G F or whatever, all, all the letters. You're working with all of these really powerful people and organizations who say they care about diversity and inclusion. But all of a sudden start getting nervous when you start looking under the bonnet. You know, they don't want you to get that close to, to, to the problem. They they know that there are challenges there, but then when they've hired you to come in and do those problems, it's like pushing a boulder uphill. So at some point it starts to tax on your well-being it starts to tax on your mental health it starts to tax on your physical health it starts to ta uh, it starts to have um, an effect on your happiness and and all of that was really quite difficult I think I was quite late to the party of protecting protecting my energy in this space you know I don't somehow I thought I was superhuman and I could just do it and not feel the effects but 
I was very quickly humbled. Yeah. I mean, I think you are superhuman, but even superheroes get tired. Um, you know, even superheroes, you know, take off their, their superhero costumes and, and need a break. Um, and a, a cup of tea or a martini at the end of a long day. So, yeah, and thank you for sharing that. I think I think one of the things with diversity and inclusion and belonging work is is a lot of the time, yeah, it's it's not stuff you can just turn off when when you go home. Like, you know, we can't not be women. I don't, you know, sort of finish work at the end of the day and then I just magically stop being an autistic person. Um, you know, it's it's stuff that you can't you can't just turn off. So yeah, it, it does kind of prey on your mind. And when I in my own sort of work capacity have done things that I'm really passionate about and I really care about and you know sort of people ask for your help and then either completely ignore it or uh, you know sort of uh, take advantage of it or you know sort of you start to to feel unappreciated you do you do sort of think like why why on earth what why am I doing this why why am I not just having a a quiet life Uh, yeah but yeah it's um it's an interesting one I think um yeah it's it's a super tricky topic to kind of of balance out and um it's sort of getting into that kind of mental health conversation the the last podcast that I did with uh, the wonderful Rohan um and and thank you to anyone who who's listening again having listened to that podcast I had you know sort of great feedback and and you know really enjoyed that recording so thank you if anyone's anyone's returning um but I think that last conversation was about protecting and safeguarding you know not just one's own but one's team's mental health but I think with the topic of work-life balance, the way I've I've come to learn and I've learned the hard way, um, you know, uh, and again, I've, I've had a, a few meltdowns of my own. Um, so it's very relatable. But I think that, that work-life balance, and I would encourage anyone listening to this to consider that, you know, that balance should come before you have a mental health crisis. And I'd actually very loosely call it almost like mental hygiene rather than mental health. Um and uh, you know sort of keeping on top of things and, and maintaining boundaries and looking after yourself before it gets to the point where you're like if I don't make a change something is gonna is gonna just kind of the wheels are gonna come off um and uh sort of thinking about that and, and sort of that process that you you've gone through through your own experience what sort of advice would you give to somebody who is kind of listening to our conversation and starting to suspect like actually yeah, I need to be setting better, better boundaries. I need to be protecting my energy better. Like this, this is all resonating. Like mm. what, what, what kind of things have, have you learned along the way um, to, to sort of do, you know, sort of look after yourself better? Yeah. So probably the biggest thing I have learned, the biggest thing, the numero uno is there is so much power in the word no. Yes. The second biggest thing I've learned <laughs> is there's so much power in saying thank you, but not right now. Yeah. Whichever one of the two. And I wish, I wish I had learned that immediately. And I think there's this type of, um, this, this, I don't know, this, 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 space of not wanting to let people down at your own expense 
And the moment I realised the power of no, I, I think things changed for me. You know, I, and there have been moments where I have gone back to clients or potential clients and I've said, thank you so much. I'm incredibly flattered you want to work with me. But due to the workload I have right now, I'm sorry, but I can't do it for you right now. I'm happy to provide you with another consultancy that you can work with that are quite um, similar to myself and our values are quite aligned. Um, and again, I know that you want the Abby Adamson. I get it. <laughs> um, thank you. Of course. <laughs> you know I, I I won't be able I wouldn't do a good job for you knowing that I am already eyes deep in work you know and whereas before I just say yes 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 of course you know I was building a name for myself I was build, building yeah. um business so you, of course you don't want to say no to you're saying no to money <laughs> like, no, no you need to be sensible you know um uh, especially if this government is anything to go by we really need to be sensible Anyway, I digress. Back to this. Um, but you know, that that power of saying no or thank you, but not but not right now, um, that has changed a lot, and that does set boundaries because, again, working for myself and and working in this field, people think, especially because I have an online persona, and mm. um, and and you know, I put my thoughts out there on LinkedIn, and I engage with people a lot. I think this this has people feeling like they have a free pass to my to me or free access to me um, and that they are allowed to encroach in my space you know and and that's what it is um and another thing I, I I've learned to do <laughs> through my friend Chloe Davies shout out to Chloe um who is absolutely phenomenal I remember I was saying to Chloe like what is wrong with people why are they always replying back on my LinkedIn and blah and she said you know abs you know that there is such thing as the remove the comment button of function and also the block function and honestly having that conversation with Chloe I remember saying oh yeah why do I even bother clapping back why do I bother responding you know why am I doing that I don't you know and she she said Abby you know um the the good thing is people want access to you the bad thing is people want access to you and she said you know people want you to respond they want the, you know they tag you in things because they want you to respond they say things that they know is going to you know get your back up because they want you to respond to them you have the best power don't respond to them and honestly yeah. that moment i never did it again i never did it again and i feel so much healthier for it you know, because not every person who has access to the internet has access to me. Yeah, 100%. And, and that would, that again, change. Again, those boundaries of, you know, I, I will only engage with you if it benefits me. And I know that sounds like such a selfish thing to say, but because I've been so selfless for so long, at some point you have to start looking out for yourself because I'll tell you something, no one else is going to. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And I think that is such a good point, um, particularly with anybody who is interested or considering or maybe already on the journey of, of building, you know, maybe as a recruiter, you're looking at building your own personal brand um, as a, sort of an HR or, um, you know, kind of startup professional, maybe um, you're an early stage founder and you're looking at building a personal brand It's it's easy to fall into that trap of, of wanting to engage with everything everywhere all of the time 
somebody you know myself running a, a large online community again a lot of people have uh, the ability to send me a message and ask me questions and share their opinions on something I've done but you know doesn't doesn't mean I have to accept it or listen to it and my my block list has has really grown um over the years on LinkedIn I used to have this real blunder <laughs> It's, it's, I, I'm, oh, I'm sure it is, but, uh, you know, sort of, I used to have this real sense of like, no, no, I, I, why am I blocking people on LinkedIn? I shouldn't be doing that. Like it's LinkedIn, get over it, like whatever. And then I just realized actually, no, no, in the same way, I don't, I don't let people message me on Facebook or Instagram. I'm not on Twitter. Um, but you know, it's, it's setting again, the power of no, and just saying, no, no. Um, but I think as well, it's, sort of reminds me of a conversation I had um with uh you know somebody uh I I run DBR with um a chap called Ben Omani um very intelligent um an interesting person um recruiter kind of turned engineering manager now uh as you do um but you know sort of one of the conversations we had uh sort of a long time ago when I myself was struggling with sort of like the work-life balance and I just felt like my entire life was just recruitment um which wow wow um uh, you know and I, I I really do love what I do um I really do um so it's it's amazing how quickly you can slip into that when when you are really passionate about startups and things like that but he sort of talked about you've got a sphere of of what you can influence and a sphere of what you can control um there's maybe sometimes a bit of overlap um but you know if it's you know sort of uh, something you can influence cool if it's something you control great but you know what you really need to focus on your energy is what you can actually control um and and sort of you can really only own um sort of the things that you can control because those are things you can actually do actions that you know help the sort of the, the wider sphere of influence um and you know I think when you learn how to kind of harness that things things do get uh, a lot easier and and that includes in in work as well I think as HR and, and talent folks, particularly in startups, there are, you know, I'm always seeing online conversations in, in lots of different communities, um, you know, recruiting brain food, HR ninjas, um, uh, people stories, DBR, talking about all these amazing projects everybody wants to do. Um, you know, everybody wants to run an early career scheme. Um, everybody wants to start employee resource groups. Everybody wants to um, you know, sort of look at, um, you know, assessment tools for, uh, you know, kind of engineering, they want to overhaul their sales uh, recruitment process, they want to, you know, sort of uh, get a proper sourcing, uh, you know, kind of program launched. But it's, where do you begin? Where do you begin? These are all these projects. Um, and you have to just kind of say, not right now to a few things and think what's most important? What can I work on? What can I control right now? Exactly. that will answer one of the more immediate problems um or you know will uh sometimes as well what's a quick win there's no shame in looking for a quick win absolutely. um absolutely not no no shame at all in just saying do you know what this is something i can control i can i can influence yeah and it will give me some great results really quickly so let's go with that and then yeah. we can worry about the big complicated overhaul project maybe next quarter yeah no i agree i think I think, again, yeah, the, there is no shame in looking for a quick win because you, we can't do everything at one time. It's just we can't. And, you know, as I said, I'd rather, 
I'd rather say no or no, not right now, um, or thank you, not right now to a potential client than say yes and then struggle because I've done that before. I've said yes and then I've started to struggle. And, you know, many, many times that even when I have had um, fellow consultants helping me with a project, a lot of the times, you know, at the risk of sounding like a complete megalomaniac here, but a lot of the times organisations uh, or, or uh, brands come to me because it, they, they want me to work on it in particular. And uh, as flattering as that is, I can't, you know, split myself into eight pieces. <laughs> um, there's only so much I can do. And I think I have a right to sleep as well. So, yeah, no, I think there's no shame. There's absolutely no shame in, in looking for that quick win um, and then start planning things out. And I think I'm trying to think back to working. I feel it feels so long ago now, but working in-house and the times that I wished I'd gone back and, and said to to my managers, um, I, I just can't do this right now. You know, I have too much stuff on. Um, and I, you know, I get that they're paying you to do a job, but you're doing the job. That's the thing. You are doing the job. You are juggling multiple projects. So, you know, and, and, and being able to, to have that psychological safe space where I can go back to my manager and say, yeah, I am do, juggling all these things, but if you were to give me one more thing, that might kill me. <laughs> you know, and, and, and we, we've not been able to say that we've not been able to have those honest conversations about our well-being, you know, in, with past organisations we've worked for. I know you and I have definitely worked for some very difficult organisations where we've had to actually leave them because it was so toxic. Yep. <laughs> for, for legal reasons, this is a joke, but yep. <laughs> <laughs> For legal reasons, we shall not be naming anyone. <laughs> but yeah, um, and uh, yeah, I think you do. I remember company I worked for in 2020. I um, yeah had a sort of a found myself out of work. We'll leave it there. Um, very suddenly at the start of the pandemic, um, which was a bit of a shock, and then ended up working for a wonderful organisation. Um, I've got nothing but nice things to say about them. They were fantastic, and I loved it. And I ended up being there for just over a year. And at the time, I I was a, a consultant. So, you know, uh, when you are a consultant, as as you will probably know far better than me there's a tendency you just you're constantly or I certainly felt anyway a little bit of imposter syndrome and constantly wanting to prove yourself and prove your worth and prove that you know you you're you know you're worth worth what you're being paid and all of that so I just feel like you have to constantly justify your existence and so I just got into the habit and then also kind of combined with the fact that I just love the team I was working with they're such a great bunch of people and you know we were hiring really cool people and I was really enjoying things and just uh you know the culture was great um you know I felt very very grateful very fortunate actually in, in everything that was going on and to have that experience but I just found myself taking on far too much you know I was doing all of the recruitment I was also looking at you know kind of HR and people projects um some of them were you know quick wins so I was like yeah sure and it definitely started as yeah yeah I can just quickly do that there you go sorted or I've already got something like that in my toolkit here you go and then I ended up kind of taking on uh you know like uh or sort of doing a lot of research and work into kind of like pay gap reporting and um you know sort of looking at, at sort of like you know, all the big numbers and things. Now, numbers are not my strong point, um, which is probably should admit that as a recruiter. Um, but I have been pretty honest with with Zinc um, and they've been great at supporting me there. But um, 
you know, I just got to the point where I was like, I can't take it anymore. I can't do it anymore. I haven't had a day off. Oh my God. Oh. And I spoke to, uh, you know, sort of the the, the person that I, I reported into and I'd, in previous companies, it would have been like, well, you need to leave then or, well, I don't know what to tell you or what do you want? And when I'd have these conversations and then he turned around and just went, take some time off. It's nearly Christmas. Take some time off. Relax. Don't worry. We can we can take some things back on. Just just speak up. And I just realised, like, ah, there is another way of doing things. Uh, makes such yeah. a difference. And from then, I, you know, sort of, like, learned the power of no, the power of not right now. Yeah. What I, what, what I will say is that, you know, leaders like that are few and far between. Mm. They really are. They, they, you know, leaders like that are few and far between. They're just, um, they, they are, like, gold dust, <laughs> quite frankly, um, because even with everything that has happened with this global health pandemic in the last 24 months, there are still leaders, there are still people in influential positions in organisations that are actually part of the problem. You know, they are, they they say they claim that they care about work-life balance. They claim that they care about mental health. They claim that you know they've got your back and do what you need to do to to be able to do your job but all of the same nonsense that they say all the, but deep down inside they actually don't care because their actions and their words are not matching yeah yeah and I think from uh you know if you're in an organization and wondering about that I think looking at actions and words and making sure they align is a very important thing to be doing um and it is difficult because we're not always in a position where we can just kind of call everything out all the time um you know we've we've also all got bills to pay you you have to pick your battles you know you have to pick your battles otherwise you know, you're you're in for a very very difficult, arduous road. You know, um, and and you just have to pick your battles, especially when you're working in house, and there are all those different power dynamics at play. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's one of the things that for a long time I didn't quite grasp. Dare I admit? I think. I tended to, the way I look at things is, you know, you have your company mission, your company values, sort of the goal that you're aiming for, and we're all working on the same page towards the same thing. And, you know, I I better understand myself now, so I'm better able to kind of uh, navigate a situation, which has helped me immensely in the past year. But you do... Or, or I have in the past been guilty of of sort of like going going in a bit naive really and assuming that we're all on the same page here and there's there's no kind of like dynamics and things that I need to think about because we're all we're all on the same team. No, no, honey. Oh, honey, no. Um, yeah. But I think thinking back to my experience in 2020, you know, it became a, a real positive thing because seeing, you know, and to anybody who's who's wondering and and sort of thinking about what kind of of people leader. Uh, people talent HR leader that they want to be you know when you model positive leadership um, and and strong leadership and you know being genuinely a good empathetic leader what you do is you show uh, you show your employees 
what they need to look for in the next leader, what kind of leader they need to be. And you create a positive feedback loop. So going into my my next couple of clients before I then became a, you know, a, a full-time employee at Zinc, um, I had a much better sense of what to actually look for um, when I'm meeting people, um, what kind of, of things I needed to to consider when I'm, I'm talking to new clients. And I got better at saying, thank you, but not right now, or actually, this is more what I'm looking for. Um, yeah. And I ended up working, you know, last year uh, with some fantastic businesses and had, you know, really positive experience and, and worked with some brilliant leaders where, you know, even as a consultant, you know, I typically did quite short contracts doing over a year with with one uh, company it was actually quite, quite unusual for me. Mm. But, you know, I still learned and, and things like that. And it's, yeah, very interesting when you think about what kind of, of leader you want to be and, and what kind of leader you want to look for and how important that is to making sure that you, as an in-house person, are balancing and, and sort of protecting um, your energy. And if you ever get that that little sinking feeling, that little niggle in the back of your head going, oh, I'm not sure about this, definitely listen to it. Um, there are so many times I wish I trusted my instinct. Absolutely. I, I don't think we listen to our spidey senses enough, you know, listen to your spidey senses. If they are tingling, they are tingling for a reason, you know, and, and I think so many times, and I feel I feel like we say it a lot that we I should listen to my intuition, right? So yeah. should listen to, you know, any type of inkling I get, but we still don't do it. <laughs> we still go bulldozing ahead, even though everything is screaming that we shouldn't. And mm. it's this 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 sense of this misplaced sense of loyalty. You know, um as I said, as I said, at, at your own at your own expense that we that we need to stop basically yeah for sure it's um and I think actually our, as as an employee it's it's been a bit of a process for me um and I've been quite honest with my team you know I'm learning how to be an employee again um you know there's a few habits and, and sort of things when you're you're a consultant that you you have to kind of there's a little bit of a recalibration period uh, where you learn that you're not a lone wolf, you're in a team and, and there are people around you and, you know, it's it's all of that good stuff. And I think it's that's that's been a process of, of learning for sure. But it's been one of the key things that's really helped me is is looking at who am I working with? What, you know, what kind of people are they? Yeah. Um, you know, are their words and actions, you know, sort of lining up and, I think one of the things that was really important for me was like that kindness piece was really quite key for me. And it's something that, um, you know, uh, Luke and Charlotte, I'll give them a little shout out, um, uh, even though they're, they're very sort of humble, humble folks um, who might cringe a bit listening to me, uh, big them up. But, you know, that kindness piece was something that they demonstrated really well um, throughout my, my interview process. So I sort of, you know, was interviewing at a few different places but I think that's what really helped uh sort of stand out and make me think these are these are leaders I can I can get behind and and support which is is so important and it also helps you be more honest about what you need um and make sure that you're you're getting what you need out of your workplace and you know as a leader you want to be thinking to yourself am I creating a space where people feel safe to to balance their their work and, and personal life do they feel safe to say actually I've had a bit of bad news. Um, I I need a couple of hours to walk around the block and call my mum and process it and I'll be back on form tomorrow. Or, 
um you know I'm you know I'm fine work's a distraction but you know uh, can I have some support with with this project or I'm I'm worried about this particular thing like what can we do to keep it moving along um you know you need to create a space for for folks to be able to say that um and, and know that they're going to be able to I'm really passionate about a safe spaces in the workplace um um you know physical space of course yes but also just you know psychological safety as well I, I just I can't you know this this my me championing belonging and psychological safety was born out of feeling working in really unsafe places really really unsafe. you know that one infamous place I, I I worked um you know and I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy I wouldn't wish that organization on my worst enemy and after work I mean I was there for nine weeks and I it took me I, I don't even think I've fully recovered to be honest yeah. with you no I don't think I I I was in a <clears throat> I was in a black cab and I was going past there the building in central London not so long ago and I remember just <laughs> I remember just my nails dug into my bag um and I well I didn't know my nails dug into my bag but after we had passed um about I don't know three minutes later I realized that my whole arm was tense and I could feel my muscles and I realized that I'd clutched my bag um subconsciously yeah um out of just being tense um you know you know and it's 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 those things stay with you and this is this is what people need to remember you know they stay they absolutely yeah. stay with you they follow you no matter no matter how successful I am or how how much I grow and how um blessed and and my business is and and how blessed I am as a, as a consultant I will always remember that experience yeah so, and this is why I'm I'm very loud about making sure organizations have cultures where people don't ever any where where people don't ever feel like they cannot show up and be themselves you know where people don't feel ostracized because they don't fit into the norm you know I'm not talking yeah. about um you know the obvious forms of identity but all the hidden parts of our identities as well you know um because that 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 just that kind of workplace behavior that kind of toxic culture it just can't they just can't continue no, no, it absolutely, yeah, it needs to, yeah, die a death and become come the past. Um, and I think, yeah, I there's a there's a couple of offices in London that I'd probably have a very similar reaction should I pass them. Yeah. Um, yes, I can I can think of one or two, um, for sure. And oh God, it it lives with you. It sits with you. It impacts the way you move in your next role it impacts the way you interact with colleagues in your next business and there's a few times where I've realized like I've had a difficult time in a in a contract because I've taken that that yeah that experience that previous experience with me um and it's it's impacted the way and the energy I've put across um and uh you know made it difficult to, to sort of connect um and it's it's so important, I think, when thinking about balancing balancing out uh, instead of burning out. We can't have work life balance without psychological safety. No, you can't. You absolutely cannot. You know, they go hand in hand with one another. You just one doesn't exist without the other. 
you can't say we have great work-life balance um, if, uh, yeah, people don't feel safe to say I'm struggling or I'm absolutely loving what I'm doing, but I'm not sure how I can balance, you know, this project and what's coming up next or, you know, I, uh, you know, the workload's crazy um, and I feel good right now, but I'm worried about next month. Um, uh, you know, um, it doesn't always, you don't, I think it's really important to consider that you don't always have to hit burnout before you start to ask for work-life balance. Like I'd really encourage anybody listening to, you know, think back to, again, not mental health, but mental hygiene um, and just keeping tabs and, and sort of doing the preventative kind of t- self-care. I love that mental hygiene. I absolutely love that. That is just that cleansing. Um, yes. That that clean, you know, we do it with our skin. You know, we wash our hands all the time. That clean, that renewal of your yeah. mental hygiene. I absolutely love that phrase. That's so it's so important for your mind to be clean. Yeah, yeah. You know, we we take a proactive approach to our physical health, as you mentioned, skincare, our teeth, you name it. Um, so we need to take a proactive approach to our mental health as well um before it you know becomes an issue it's just sort of something we look after in the same way that we go to the gym and some people go to the gym for for their mental health um you know I know when I've had uh you know a chaotic stressful day I I go for a swim and like physically that benefits me that's great but then it's also just the calmness of of getting in the water and you know focusing on only that and it's it's again it just feels like the mental equivalent of you know flossing your teeth um Slightly, maybe, maybe a slightly, slightly uh, grim uh, analogy, but you know what I mean. I know what you um, mean. <laughs> yeah, the, sometimes the mental hygiene works. Not like the most glamorous thing you'll do in your day, but you know, sort of taking that time to look after yourself, have a stretch, uh, let sunlight hit your face. Um, I know we're going into winter. Um, so this is the November podcast, so it's getting difficult, but um, I really do encourage it, um, and it makes a huge difference for sure agreed now i actually think and i don't know what you think abby but i think that note is a beautiful note to end this podcast on what do you think i think so indeed you know make sure that you remember to have mental hygiene take time for yourself remember the power of no remember the power of not right now and remember that you have a duty of care to yourself before anyone else 100 percent and that is how you can be your best most balanced self at work thank you so much abby for joining me i it's always a joy always a joy always 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 um and i just always love chatting with you love spending time with you it's been a real pleasure and an honor that you've you've joined me on this this episode and and i think some of the things we've discussed thank you for having me oh it's been super fun it has been fun it's been lovely and really looking forward to to seeing you in december um yeah be really be really good no thank you thank you thank you i really feel blessed and fortunate to, to share this space with you thank you and to to listeners thank you so much for joining um let me know what you think once you've had a listen and um this has been talent hacks for scale-ups thank you very much for listening this podcast is brought to you by zinc Zinc is an all-in-one background and reference checking software that supercharges the capabilities of ambitious HR and hiring teams. 
our range of integrated solutions turn bad to brilliant, saving weeks of team time all while building brand love. Thanks for listening.